Open up your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read today a story, a well-known story that is about a woman who has a disease, a condition that she's been afflicted with for 12 years. The Bible says it's a condition of blood flow, and Jesus comes to this town And when he gets there, this woman does something that ends up leading to her miraculous healing of this condition that she's had. So let's read in verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, that's to the Sea of Galilee, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus by name When he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman, here we go, we're introducing this lady now in our story. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you today, God, hungry for bread, not physical bread, but for bread of life. Nourish our spirits today. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I ask that you come upon me and anoint me, God, to preach your word, to deliver your truth in a way that goes forth and transforms lives as it intended to do. And I can do this not on my own, God. I can do nothing apart from you. We we desire you and for you to increase in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, look. I love this story. Chances are you've heard this, maybe heard this a hundred times. I don't know. It's pretty popular. The woman with the flow of blood who says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Now, just to give you a little bit of backdrop, this story most likely, the Bible isn't completely clear about it, but it most likely took place in the city of Capernaum. And we were actually in this city when we were just in Israel last week, a really powerful place. It's the place where Peter lived, the house of Peter, where his mother-in-law was healed. Um, they have a real funny joke over there. They say, you know, Jesus was a good man because he even healed mother-in-laws. <laughs> uh, that's theirs. That's not mine. All right? I've, 
golly. So, uh, so this city of Capernaum, the reason why this is likely the place is because it says that Jesus got in the boat and traveled to the other side of the sea. And then when he got to the seashore, he was immediately met with a crowd of people. So the crowd began right when he hit the seashore coming across and where he was coming from was the area we just talked about a couple weeks ago in the Decapolis where he healed the demon-possessed man. And so he gets to the other side of the sea and the shore and the crowds meet him and there's this guy that shows up. It says he's a ruler of the synagogue, which means he was in charge of and overseeing the affairs of worship in their synagogue, their temple in this town. And this guy's name is Jairus. Now, this is a really popular story, too, because Jairus has a little girl who's sick that ends up dying, and Jesus ends up raising her from the dead. It's one of the few stories where Jesus actually brings somebody back to life and so, uh, in the Bible. And so whenever Jesus is traveling to go to the city where Jairus lived, most historians say Jairus was over the synagogue in Capernaum. So he was probably heading right to this place where he landed. They met him at the seashore. And while he's on his way, there's this major classic interruption that occurs by this woman who has this disease of the flow of blood. So this story is kind of like what we would refer to as a miracle within a miracle. Now, these are always powerful stories because there's a lot that we can unpack even in symbolism that is provided by something like this happening, a miracle packaged inside of a miracle. This story with the woman of the flow of blood, it's basically bookended by the story of Jairus' daughter. Because Jairus comes up, meets Jesus, tells him about his little girl, says, hey, if you'll just come... She'll be made well. If you'll just come and do this, Jesus, because you are able, then I know my little girl will be healed. And so Jesus is willing. He's on his way to go see this little girl, and he gets interrupted by this woman with the disease of the flow of blood. So after this interruption is over, we'll get into this more in just a minute, Jairus' people come and say, don't worry about it. Your little girl is dead. You've taken too long, time has expired, now she's, she's no longer alive. But Jesus says, no, that's not the case, we're going to go. So he goes anyway, after he's already performed this one miracle with the woman of the flow of blood, and he goes in and he raises this little girl, this 12-year-old girl. By the way, this gospel is one of the accounts of this story. It's also in Matthew and it's also in Luke. I'm reading out of Mark today, but some of the things that I'll mention will actually be referenced in some of the other gospels, so just know that, okay? Um, so he goes and he heals the little girl and, and she's raised from the dead. Remember that she's 12 years old, okay? I'll come back to that later. Now, let's go into the woman with the flow of blood. I'm going to give you three points that I find particularly powerful about this situation that I want us to learn from today. But what you'll end up seeing by the time I'm done, I pray, if, if the Lord speaks to you and shows you this, is that the power of God, the power of Jesus in our lives has the ability to make us whole, whole and complete. Not just physical healing, but emotional and spiritual, a whole kind of healing that, folks, there is absolutely nothing else but Jesus that can do for us in our lives. And that's the kind of healing that he desires for us and for us to live in and walk in every single day. So the first thing about this woman 
that I want you to know is her desperation. Her desperation. You see, this lady had this disease for 12 years. That is a very long time to be suffering from an affliction. Now, we know she's suffering because it says that she had it as an affliction, Jesus actually says. And that word affliction is actually the same word that they use to describe a Roman scourging, ripping and tearing flesh. So whatever this disease was, she had it for 12 years and she was suffering immensely from it. It wasn't just like a condition. It was something that she was probably in chronic pain every single day of her life. The blood was flowing. She was literally hemorrhaging. Now, I'll spare you some of the details of this, but likely this was a condition that was female-related, something very wrong, very improper that was going on with her system, and so she was hemorrhaging and bleeding all the time, but she wasn't bleeding to death. So she had this for 12 years, and we know that she's incredibly desperate because it says that she spent everything that she had, every resource that was in her possession, every tangible, natural means that was available to her, she had exhausted to try to fix this situation. And what did it say? It said not only did she get better, but she actually got worse. Her condition had worsened over this time. So folks, the natural remedies... The, the earthly resources that she was trying to utilize that were at her disposal were not getting the job done and she was getting worse. The point is, is that what she needed was something that wasn't available in natural means. She needed something that could only come to her that would only be available from a heavenly realm and a heavenly source. And she's completely desperate. And I love that we see this woman in this place of kind of desperation because, folks, we all need to recognize every single day how desperate we are for Jesus, for his love, and for his healing power. And we can live a lot of days not as aware of our desperation for Jesus as we somehow become very aware of in our times and moments of affliction. And it's just the reality. It's kind of a hard reality, but it is, is that in times of great affliction, we become a lot more desperate for Jesus. But let me ask you a question. Is there any day that we really shouldn't be desperate for Jesus? <laughs> See, Jesus is getting ready to show her something. He's getting ready to teach her a powerful lesson that is now one that's resulted from her suffering through 12 years of affliction that now is getting ready to change and she's getting ready to be healed and she's going to walk in this fullness of healing from this day on. But I love the humility of this woman because it says that she actually comes up. Now picture this. Jesus is walking through the crowd. Masses of people. 
And it says that she comes up from behind him and that she just reaches and touches his garment because she knows if, if I can just touch the man, and actually not even the man, if I can just touch his clothes because he's Jesus and he heals, then I know that's all I need to be made well. Don't you love how she's like, I've, I've given up on all these worldly solutions. I've given up on my bank account, on the doctors, on the medicine, on the surgeries that have left me worse than I was before. And I'm down to one option, and it's so much about Jesus that if I just touch his garment, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. And, and she comes up behind him because she's nervous. She's scared. She, she doesn't even want to have him see her because she's ashamed she's ashamed because this condition that she has this flow of blood has left her unclean by traditional and and ritual standards this woman was unclean and unfit she was untouchable folks if someone touched her then they would be considered unclean and so she knows, I'm, I'm not worthy, so if I can just somehow, and he's a rabbi, right, he's a teacher, so even more so, she shouldn't be touching him. She says, if, I'm not worthy, but if I could just come up behind him where he doesn't see me, and I just get a touch, and he'll, I'll get healed, and I'll just go on my way. And this is where Jesus blows this thing open and blows this thing apart. Because she comes up from behind him, and she touches his garment, and he says this, he says, I perceive that power has left me. And when he finds out who this woman is, she comes and she, it says that she was nervous and scared, but she knew she'd been discovered. And so she came and she laid down at the feet of Jesus and she began to confess who she was and what had just happened. Now, let me remind you, this is not a surprise to Jesus. He is not caught off guard by this. The point is this, is that he is saying to this woman, you didn't have to come up behind me. You didn't have to, to come up and try to sneak up here and sneak out. I want to look you in the face, daughter. I want you to look me in the eye, and I want you to know that I love you. And you are perfectly able and well to come to me and approach me at my feet. And I want to look upon you. I, I don't need you to come up from behind me and sneak in and sneak out. I want to look upon you. And I want to bless you. And I want to heal you. And I want you to know that you are worthy because I say you are worthy. This is so awesome, guys, that we recognize, yes, we are not in ourselves worthy to approach God. It is the human and sin condition. But because of the blood of Jesus that makes us clean, we are worthy to come into his presence and be showered with the richness of the blessings that he wants to bestow upon us. And I meet a lot of people that really struggle with this whole worthiness thing. I'm just not worthy, I'm just not worthy. And I want to say to him, and I do, I say, look, okay, you're right. We, as a general rule, are not worthy. That's the whole point. <laughs> because you cannot earn this. You've got to get that. You cannot 
earn your way into the healing power or presence of God. It is absolutely grace, which means it's unmerited favor of Jesus on your behalf. And, and, and a lot of times people will struggle with this whole unworthiness thing and they'll think, well, I've got to do something first. I've got to clean myself up first and get myself kind of in order and then I'll be worthy to come to Jesus and, and stand in front of him. Now I'm cleaned up and I'm okay, Jesus. Now I want you to do this for me. And as long as we attach any sense of worthiness that we need to do something to make ourselves worthy to stand in the presence of Jesus and to receive his healing power folks there will always be a stumbling block between that person and the encounters that Jesus wants to have with them it's about knowing our desperation and our unworthiness to step into the presence of a holy God, but that we've been made worthy by one thing and one thing alone, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we've been washed in the blood, then we can step into the presence of Almighty God anytime and all the time. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and grace in your time of need. She saw her desperation and she acted out of her desperation and that put her at the feet of Jesus. But the thing that she misjudged, she understood he had the power to heal, but the thing that she misjudged was the goodness of God to look upon her, for her to look upon his face and for her to be accepted in his sight. And... Is that not a powerful picture of how we need to see ourselves as we approach the Lord? Lord, I'm not worthy, but I am because of your son. And I thank you for that privilege of coming into your presence and living a life that is close to you. Hallelujah. So desperation. The second thing that I want you to see is her determination. Her determination. It said that the crowd was thronging. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really think I use that word throng very often. <laughs> yeah, people were thronging all over when I was in the store. We went shopping, and they were thronging everywhere. It's just the thronging was out of control. No. <laughs> but th to throng, it literally means that people were pressing in at all sides. Now, I've been to a lot of rock concerts in my day. <laughs> so let me just kind of give you a description that I can relate to a little bit. We used to have this thing called mosh pit. They maybe still do that. I don't know. Do they still do that mosh pit? All right. So you get up in the mosh pit, and it's literally like you, you can't hardly move on either side, and people are just slamming into each. This might not be a very good example. Okay. Uh, and, and the crowds are just caving in on you, you know, and it's literally like, survival of the fittest i mean you go down and you're you may not come out it's kind of you just understand that that's the expectation that's my best analogy of thronging that i can give you but the people are massively trying to get to jesus and, and so this woman is so desperate let's not forget that she has a disease she's probably frail she's probably weak um i can only imagine the great degree of difficulty that she had to have gone through to make her way through a thronging crowd to actually get to the place 
where she could touch Jesus's garment. I mean, I got a picture of her reaching through 10, 15 people, extending her hand through their legs to try to somehow reach out. I got it and touch that garment. But you know what I think? I think, praise God for this woman, because this picture of determination inspires me. I think too often we give up too easily. Can I just say that? I think too often we've got something going on and we say a little prayer to God and then we think, okay, now do something, God. And we give up too easily. Look, the Bible says that the the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervent prayer, you got to understand what that means. It's intensification. To avail means to get into the fray and fight against it. So what I'm saying is, is that there are times, and for whatever reason, God does work this way, where he allows a delay of time because he's outside of time anyway. And he doesn't see it the way we see it. And so he allows a delay, and what he's looking for is for us to dig in, is for us to be determined in our pursuit of him that we will relentlessly go after him and the solution that only he can provide no matter what we have to do to get the breakthrough. No matter how hard, no matter how long, no matter what we have to do, I will not relent. I will dig in my heels and I will continue to pursue you, Lord, until I see that which I am looking for and praying for. And I think sometimes we give up too easily. I'm pretty glad for this woman that she was so determined that she didn't just say, oh, Jesus is coming. Well, if he's really Jesus and really God, I'm just going to stand right here. And he's just going to have to notice me and come over here and do something. Then I'll believe. Then, he'll, then, I'll, then I'll see that he's real. And I think sometimes we do that. We kind of like, we put these conditions on things. Like, okay, Lord, you're going to have to do this. Show up. If this is you, then do it. And then I'll believe. And then we kind of like sit back. And Lord's saying, uh, I want you to work your way through. Can you, can you just like keep coming to me? Can you just like keep pursuing me? Can you just kind of go through whatever you have to go through to get to my feet? Can you maybe do that and pursue me? Because you see, this thing is actually about this relationship between me and you. That's what's paramount here. It's not about this earthly stuff of decay, like physical bodies and buildings and money and stuff that's going to rust and destroy. It's actually about this relationship between me and you that's forever, that's eternal. So can you maybe come to me? Can you maybe pursue me and go with all your heart and come here and sit at my feet? Because you're going to grow from that and you're going to find something in the pursuit that you wouldn't find if you just sat back and waited for something to happen. She's so determined. And I got to tell you, one of the most determined people, perhaps the most determined person that I've ever met in my entire life is my wife. And I mean that sincerely. She is incredibly determined. I mean, all I have to say to her is you can't do that. (laughs) I mean, you think that a war just started in our home. A bomb went off. I mean, (laughs) God love her. She's got, (laughs) we, 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 we like to jog, especially when the weather's nice, you know, and I mean, she hasn't been able to beat me in years. I'm just going to let you know. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, these are facts, folks. I'm just trying to help you understand the story. All right. 
Um, <laughs> but she is determined to beat me in a, in a run, in a 5K, a 3-mile, 3.2-mile run or whatever. That's usually what we do. So she's determined to beat me. So much so that two years ago, maybe it was three, we were jogging, and I don't know why, but it was like 100 degrees outside, and we decided to go for a run. And she tried so hard to beat me that she literally passed out when we got back to the house and she was overheated, hyperventilated. I mean, I, I literally had to lay hands on her and pray for her. And the next step was we were going to call 911. I mean, she was down for the count. But she was so determined to beat me that she just, it didn't matter what the cost was, right? This woman had awesome determination in this story. And the point is, is that if, God's, if, God, if she heard from God, right away or if there was more to go through or there was a delay it, it doesn't really matter <laughs> i'm just going to keep going until i get to G i'm just going to keep pursuing him until i see the breakthrough that i know he wants to bring me so there's desperation determination and then the last thing the third thing that i want you to see is power power so jesus is cruising along walking through here and she touches him, and she gets healed immediately, instantaneously, from his garment, the hem, probably the bottom lower part, right? And Jesus steps back, and he says, who touched me? Now, all of these people are surrounding him and thronging him, right? Thronging, right? You guys are going to start using that word, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's make it a thing. That'd be cool. Hashtag throne. All right. So he steps back. He's like, hey, who touched me? And the disciples are like, really? Like, did you just say that? Did he just ask that question? Who touched him? There's everybody around here touching him, you know? What does he mean who touched him? And we would have said the same thing if we would have been there. I promise you. And so he says, no, 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 no. This is different. This was a different touch. Because this time, I perceive that power has left me. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus is God. He is, he is power. He is all power all the time. But when there is a touch from Jesus, there is a transfer of power. And that's what Jesus felt. He felt power leave him. In another version, oh my God, are you getting this today? In another version, it says that the healing virtue of Jesus left him and went into the woman. Wow. That tells me that, when, and, and, he, and then he, what did he say to her? He said, daughter, because of your faith, you've been made well. Now all these other people are touching him, but this is what's different. She's touching him, reaching for him, looking for something, and she has faith for it. The rest of them are just touching him because they just want to marvel at the man. And she says, I'm, I have faith, and I'm going to touch him, and I'm going to get something from what he can give me. And he says, I perceive power has left me. And it goes into her, and she has, she has made well. There is never a moment you got to get this. You've got to get this today. In fact, if you get nothing else, you've got to get this. Did I say that? you got to get this. Okay. When we pursue Jesus from a place of faith, there is always a transfer of power. 
there is always a transfer of power when we reach out and we touch Jesus in faith. And that's what she received. And that word that he uses, power, in the Greek, it is the exact same word that the resurrected Jesus in Acts chapter 1 uses when he says, go into the city of Jerusalem and wait until power endues you from on high. Whoa. Do you know what that power was? That was the Holy Spirit that got poured out to them and that began to fill them and has filled every person since who's confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. So the power availability during the time of Christ, during the incarnation period, Christ, God in the flesh, it was available in Jesus in the flesh, the Son of Man. And, and they had to touch him. They had to go to him. They interacted with him. But everything changed after Pentecost because the relationship now between God and man became an infilling of his Holy Spirit in us. And it's the same power that comes into us and fills us that Jesus said, power has left me. I perceive that power has gone out of me and into this woman. And she's been healed by that. And then we get filled with the Holy Spirit when we give our life to Jesus and he fills us with his power. We walk in power. We walk in faith and we walk in power because we walk in faith. The power of God to heal, to restore, to liberate, to deliver us from all forms of bondages and oppressions of this world, it's right here and it's in us. And God is saying, I want you to live from this place every single day. And I, I love that this woman, she says, if I just go to him I'll, and touch him, I'll be made well. And then Jesus turns around and says, hey, because of your faith, you've been made well. Go in peace and be healed from here on out. Now, you have to study this a little bit to get the drastic implication. The word, if I, if I just touch him, I'll be made well, is a word sozo in the Greek, okay? Sozo. And she's saying, I'll, I'll be physically healed. My body, my flesh, my, my temporal, fading, deteriorating flesh will be healed and made well if I'll just touch him. But the word sozo actually can mean so much more. In fact, the majority of the times that it's used in the Bible, it means to be saved and to have salvation, to be delivered from something spiritual. And so when Jesus turned around, this is what I would submit to you. He said, you came for physical healing, but today you got so much more. Because he said, not only are you healed physically, he said, go in peace, which means emotionally now, 
She's been restored. She had to have been absolutely depressed, down, hopeless from this condition, living in a place that was just hopelessness. And he said, you're physically healed. Go in peace. You've been emotionally healed and restored. And then he says to be made well, which means to be made whole and complete. He said, be healed in every form of the word. You came to touch me to get a physical healing, and you're walking away whole, daughter. You're walking away with more than you bargained for. And I, want, I think many times we, uh, we come in our prayers, our expectations are too small for what, we, what we're believing for God to do. There is a power. There is a healing. There is a restoration that affects body, mind, and spirit. And it's by the power of God coming into our lives that we are made whole and live entirely in the fullness of the blessing that God wants us to have. And this woman tasted it that day. And, and I'll, I'll close with this thought. She, it, Jesus said whenever she was trying to hide, he, he says, who touched me? And of course he knew, you know, he's just trying to spot her. She's afraid, so she comes up. Oh, it was me, Lord, and here's what happened. And he says, no, no, no. In another version, it says that she began to declare in front of all of the people what had just happened. And so Jesus steps back and he sees an opportunity for testimony. He sees the opportunity. He says, who was it? Come forward. She comes up and she shares in front of all the people what Jesus has just done for her. And when God moves in our lives, folks, make no mistake about it. He wants to get the glory. He's looking for opportunities to create more testimonies in your life because testimonies point to him. <laughs> they put a big flashing arrow on Jesus and they say, it ain't me, it's all him. And when that happened, people marveled at what had just taken place. Don't you love that about God? He's looking for moments. He's looking for opportunities for you to touch him, to receive from him what only he can give you. And the result is that a testimony will be birthed in your life that will put a blinking light on Jesus for others to see. And I think that's really where the blessing is. I honestly do. And so I wanted to do this today as we close. I want us to hunger, to crave, and know how to just reach out and touch Jesus. Touch the hem of his garment, if you will, figuratively speaking. And mind you, I said the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you if you know Jesus as Lord. And I think he's saying to you, he's saying to me, he's saying to us all every day, just touch me, just be with me. Do whatever you have to do to separate the distractions and the obstacles in your life and just come and get here at my feet. And then it'll be about me and you. And one touch from me and you will never be the same again.